0: this morning. Does Pastor Scott ever get unorganized? All the time. I know him and love him like a brother. I know we do. (laughs) But, you know, if you're looking for perfection, you come to the wrong place. Uh, Because I am an imperfect person saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And that's what we're looking for today. More than anything, we're looking for that. But in the In the greeting, in the greeting today, I just want to thank y'all for coming out, having the best part of this day, and I know we've had a lot of prayer. And didn't our band do good this morning? Uh, especially our drummer. Give it up for the drummer, that's the lead guitar player, because I can play everything up here, but that thing. I'm telling you, that thing. What? Because I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I don't know why, but I just can't. But anyway, give it up for our drummer. He done wonderful this morning. He stayed in the pocket, like he said, and he done a very good job. But this morning, before I go, my name's Kemper Pyle. I live here in Camden. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you how me and Scott met, and I perfected it to two minutes. I live here with my lovely wife, LaTasha. If you go to the post office, she's Tasha. If you're, if you're a grandchild, she's taller. And I live here with Michaela, my daughter as well. And I want to take exactly two minutes to tell you how I love you. You ready? It was one Saturday. I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm looking on Facebook, and all of a sudden, I see this dude. Hey, y'all, come on down to the coffee shop. We're finna talk about Jesus and this, that, and Freedom Church. I said, where does this cat come from? And i seen California. He's from Texas, but when he said California, it threw me. I told my wife, I I said, hey, we're going to go meet the new pastor and talk to this guy, man. Invite him to our town. So we go meet Scott, I didn't like him, she loved him. We walked out, had a good time, come back and seen him again, still didn't like him. She loved him, but as I got to know him, I loved him more and more. We come to this building after the Lord spoke to my wife, we brought 14 people, 15 pizzas, and we come down here and started working on this church. Amen? Amen. So I got skin in the game here, so that's why I say I can love you like a family, because I've got blood in these walls somewhere. Somewhere I've got a little blood, but I've I seen the foundation. I started listening to Scott's heart, heart, and that's what really brought me and said, "Man, I love you, dude!" And he's been a brother in Christ to me ever since. So, give it up for yourselves for making it this far. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I always tell everybody, I'm a little different. Pastor, a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm a preacher. I love preaching the Word of God. I'll preach it to anybody. I don't need a church. I need somebody. And Like I was telling my brother this morning, tell the story of your life. That's preaching the gospel. That's something you can testify and you know that's real and true to you, right? Amen? So as we talk this morning, so I want to do a little participation thing before we ever get going because I'm going to tell you what I'm not about. I'm not about telling you what I think. I want to tell you what the Word of God is. But today, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I really, really want to let myself Get out of the way, and I'll tell you why I say this. So, y'all read in Genesis. Cain killed Abel with what? Anybody want to answer? You can. Okay. Anybody else? Let me say rock. Hold your hand up. I'm gonna hurt your feelings. None of them. It doesn't say. It's what we've been told. Oh, no Joe, read it. It says he come after him. Some translations say he'd come at him, but he killed him. He never says what. And all these years of learning these things, I'm going, Lord, where am I messing up? Where am I going astray? Him? What can I do? And one of the biggest miracles, and that's why I say this, is this word, the Holy Spirit, him showing you things. We missed the big, biggest miracle Jesus ever did. Anybody guess what that is? It was on Palm Sunday. Which one? lie man? That's a good one. That's a good one. But there's one better than that, one we can testify of. On Palm Sunday, y'all remember what happened? He sent to get the coat. It had never been set on. Jesus set on him. Has anybody ever set on an unridden coat? You will not. Even the animals obey him. So everybody missed these little truths in behind, and that's what I said is the Bible is just so alive and will teach you so much, and that's what I want to do today. It's not going to be that long, I promise, Brother Eric, I promise I'll get you out here before long, but we need to stay here just a little bit because I heard a lot of the Holy Spirit this morning, and I do want to tag off what Scott had said. I think in the the message, uh, live like no other or no other like no other. Um, a message that he had had, I guess, a couple weeks back. I heard it on uh, Facebook and stuff like that. I still listen to messages from him. But one thing he said that really stuck out that I want to tag off of since the series has ended is this message right here. God will take your mess and make it into a message. He isn't going to sit inside of your mess. And I think as we come into this, this is where I have to start throwing a little bit of my own personal life because I've sat in the middle of that mess. I've been like everybody else. I've done everything that anybody's done. But I know the truth now, and I can't go back to being that anymore. Amen? So anyway, so I have a statement for us to say together this morning. It's an old statement. You ready? Can y'all say it with me? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it one more time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That's good stuff. The reason why I say that is because of a song I've been listening to for a couple of months, just worshiping in, just really getting into this song. And um, it really just started speaking to me. And the more I got into it, the more I understand this song to me represented Nehemiah. It represented a, a, a pilgrimage of myself, and that's where I want to take us this morning as we get started. It, who's that huh? Who's that back there? Who? Hey, how you doing? I didn't see you this morning. We are unorganized today, but that's okay. But the title of today's message, and I never put a title, but I had to today, is it didn't have to happen, but it, it it had to happen, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Life has to happen. It's ups and downs, good, bad, troubles, but you don't have to dwell in what it happened. You have a helper, and he's the Holy Spirit. And the reason for the message is how desperately we need the Holy Spirit. We need him in all areas of our lives. We should... He should be precious to us. We should seek him. We should ask him in through your relationships, to your finances, to your home, in each and everything that we need a personal relationship with him. And the three questions I want to ask today that we can answer is these. And I would love to encourage you in this because I'm not trying to put a weight on you that you have to do these things. It's for the individual. But It's simply these three things that you asked. Don't live like we don't need him. Don't live like we don't need him. Don't live like he doesn't see us. Don't live like he can't feel us. So as we get into that, I want to I get into this song I've been doing, and it is by Maverick City. Probably, y'all probably already heard it. They've been playing on the radio a lot here lately. But I remember when it first came out, it didn't resonate with me until I started listening to it more and more and more. But there's a part of the song, and it's called um, "Fear is Not My Future." Anybody heard of it? It's really good. It's a really good worship song. But in the middle of it, it says, "If you're ready for a breakthrough, yeah, just open up and receive." What he's pouring out is nothing that you've ever seen. Then it goes, "Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon." And as I got to listen to this more and more, the very end of the song, it starts talking about fear is not my future, you are. Sickness is not my story, you are. Heartbreak is not my home, you are. Death is not the end. You are. Christ is. And so I started reading, or was, he listened to this and just really just meditating in what it was saying or why it was even written, to be honest. It kept taking me back to Nehemiah. So I don't know if you have a Bible or a device that you can get onto, but we're going to go back to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to start about verse 9, but I want to tell you a little backstory why I said Nehemiah. And a lot of people don't read Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a civil engineer. He was a, a person that actually built things. But the backstory story is, so Israel or Jerusalem is destroyed. Babylon's taken over. Now, we read about that in the book of Daniel. Then all of a sudden it comes up and King Cyrus of Persia, the last king that had it, or Persia, the last that had it, said these things. I feel it in my heart the Lord is telling me to do something. So he sent Zerubbabel, 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 sent him on, but he's the one that laid the foundation for the new temple. They built it. Then all of a sudden, Ezra comes in, and he all of a sudden, he, he starts establishing the law and all the things that Jerusalem used to be. And sometime later, here comes Nehemiah to reestablish the walls, the ductwork, the waterways, and all these things. But Nehemiah had such a zeal for God. He had such a zeal. And he remembered what the Holy Spirit was like because that's what he longed for so much was Jerusalem. Even in the first part of the chapter, you read how he longed, for that, that Jerusalem, and that's us. Sometimes when we're lost or we've had a little taste, we long for the Jerusalem in our own life, amen? That's something that we're looking for all the time is that Jerusalem. So, but anyway, as we go forward, Zerubbabel builds the temple, Ezra establishes all the laws, commandments of Moses, and then Nehemiah builds the city. So right here where we're at, they're close to finishing everything but there's a part in here I want us to really pay attention to because it kind of brings us back to our own lives to take a step back and look just a little bit. Are we looking for the Holy Spirit in our own lives? Amen? So it starts in verse 8. Just So it starts in, in chapter 8. This is where they finally getting things together. They're having the big banquet. Ezra's finna to read the book. If you ever read it, it says, Scribe... And a priest, he's the same person, okay? There's no different. The Bible tells us plainly that he is who he says he is. It's nobody different. So Ezra is the scribe and the priest. And they're getting all these things together. And we see the modern-day church starting to form a little bit as well because you get the platform. It said Ezra stood on the top of the platform, opened the book of the law, and started reading. That's where you get some of our church today. Isn't that amazing? There you go. Get your history lesson. So... Ezra's doing this. All of a sudden, there's a, there's a problem stirring. You know what the problem is? There's no spirit in the temple. The Elders in the first part of the book weeped, wept bitterly. There's no spirit. The spirit did not return of what they once seen. It was gone. and It hurt their hearts. So as we catch up with him here in, in, in verse 9, it says this, Nehemiah, who was a governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who, thought, who taught the people and said to the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all people wept as they had heard the words of the law. Then said to them, Go your own way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send the portions to anyone who has, not, has nothing ready. For this day, this, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hold on to that just a second. Verse 11, so the Levites calmed the people down, saying, be quiet, for this is the day that is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way, eating and drinking and sin portions, and make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Church, the law was never built for redemption. The law was built. God gave them the law so he could show them how bad they needed him. But it was also to show you your sin. No man can fulfill the law except one, and he's waiting on us, amen? He's already took the law and took it away. Now we're under this grace, and I wish Nehemiah had been under this grace too. This dude is hurting. And, And they come in, and he's so excited, and he's so everything, but he starts giving wrong instruction. If you'll look, it said, when he said, he said, go your way and eat the fat. If you go back to the Levitical law in chapter three, what does it say? All fat belongs to God as a burnt offering, aroma pleasing to him. And I couldn't ever figure out the correlation. The only thing I could understand what Nehemiah was saying or what Ezra and was saying to the people was we're so excited. We've got some part of God back. Amen. And we're so joyful. We're rejoicing that we have some of God back in our lives. We, we, we don't have the spirit in the temple like we once had, but we have the words of Moses that came from God in our presence. We don't have the spirit. But they were still happy and excited. So leading into that is where I want to come up with our first question Don't live like you don't need him. This is what was happening here. They needed him so bad, but he wasn't coming. Where where we say the joy of the Lord is our strength, now we say the spirit of the Lord is our strength because he's the one that gives us the strength from which he hears from the throne room of God. Amen? So moving in that, Nehemiah has already promised I'm going to say this wrong, Xerxes, that's his king that he was under. He told him he would come back. So he has to leave this moment here and go back to where he was he promised him. So he goes back to king Xerxes for a time, and then he lets him go. But I want us to show us today how even as we move in, sometimes we get us a little piece of God and we're like, oh, yeah, things are going good. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden, guess what? It all falls apart. And we're left there saying, what do I do now? Where do I go now? The Spirit has not returned to me. Just like Pastor Scott said, he's not going to sit where you're at. If you're doing the things, and we're going to get that in the second question, if you're doing things in your life that's not of God, not of the commandment of God, or not of Christ, is he not going to hang out with you? He'll speak to you. I I can testify to that one. He will speak to you, even in your worst part. He's not going to sit with you. That's the hardest part. So As we see these things, and as we're coming in, I want to skip on over to chapter 13 real quick because I want to read just a little bit. Now, remember, he's gone back. Things are just, he's already established the law. Everybody's happy. Uh, they, the, the Levites know what to do. The temple's been reestablished. It's clean. And, I mean, everything's just supposed to be going good, except for we have a problem. During this time that Israel has gone on, what have they done? They've married outside, the Moabites and the Ammonites. They have married outside of their race, which God said no, but they didn't have anybody else the ones that were left. So now you're split between the northern and southern kingdoms. Lots going on here, isn't it? Lots more to get into later on, but not today. But the point of this is, is he come back, and guess what he finds? He finds everybody doing everything he told them not to do. They're in the temple worshiping other gods. They've got strange stuff in the temple inside the bowls and dishes, which they put in. So he, what does he do? He gets so mad in, 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 in chapter 13 that he starts ripping the facial hair out of the men and their hair off their head. He is so angry at man because he won't even listen. Oh, yeah, I'm mad. didn't hurt, brother. But he's so mad because no one will worship God the way he worship them. Nobody will. They're not having that zeal for God as I see Nehemiah doing that. I have to understand this. Sometimes I can't do that either to other people. They're not where I'm at, and I'm not where other people's at. I'm in my own lane. I'm not even in my wife's lane. We navigate each other as a couple, as a family, but I'm not her. I can't govern her. She is her own person. She's God's child as well. Same way with each one of you. Sometimes that's the hardest thing is we try not to, to throw a burden on other people around us to bring them down. Definitely don't start ripping out hair, okay? Get your fired from work pretty quick. But we do that from time to time. But at the end of it, I want to jump on down to verse 28. Because this is a prayer. The whole, almost the whole chapter is a prayer. But at the at the listen to what he says at the end in verse 28. He said, and one of the sons, Jerebo, the son of Elishaba, and the high priest was the son-in-law of Salabot, and the Hornet. If I ain't saying them right, bear with me. Therefore I chasten him from me. Remember then, O oh my God, because they have desecrated the priesthood and the covenant of the priests and the Levites. Thus I cleanse them from everything foreign, and I have established the duties of the priests and the Levites, each to his work. And I provided for the wood offering, and I appointed times, and for the first fruits. Remember me, my God, for good. That's it. It's the last we hear from Nehemiah. Never hear no more. I have scoured through all the books, just looking for his name, just trying to find something where I could find out what happened to him because he had such a heart for what God had, but what he, all he had was what man had given him. He remembered the good times. He remembered what was happening in, in Jerusalem, and that's what he longed for. That's why I said we need the spirit of them intimate things with us. And inside of that, we meet God where he's at. Just like the brother said this morning, we meet him where he's at. Amen, right here, right in front of you. You ain't got to go to the top of a mountain. You don't have to go to the bottom of a valley. You ain't got to go to another part of the world. You find him right here, standing right there on that floor. All you got to do is just reach your hand out. Amen? That's all you have to do. And here again, Nehemiah is struggling and fighting inside. And that's why he says, Lord, remember me for good. Remember me for good. So anyway, if you wouldn't mind, we're going to jump over to John chapter 14. I'm going to tell you what, I am a Big John fan. I love missing Big John. Big John was there. He got, he got Jesus' mama. You hear me? Apparently, she was a good one because she accepted. But from everything that man had set back up in Nehemiah, Jesus is going to destroy in this one chapter. Everything that they had done, every cup washing, every, uh, mm, this, that, and other, everything that they had set up for man's tradition, he's going to destroy right here. Starting, um, let's start in verse 1. Jesus tells us this. He said, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. And if there were not, there were not so, would I have not told you? you will, I will go to prepare a place for you, and you to myself prepare a place for you. I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And you know the rest of the story as they come into it. I want to get into verse 15, though, real quick before we forget that. Is Jesus tells you, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. This is where the good part comes in because in verse 15, he says this If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, what does that say? Huh? Helper. So, who's going to give us the helper? Now we've got a helper promised, right? Let's move forward with that. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him nor knows him. but You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Let me say that again. He dwells with you, and he will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. Please, church, Whatever you do in your walk with Jesus and your walk with this faith, remember, you're not alone, no matter how bad it is, and we're going to get to that in a second. As I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, and you also shall live. Verse 20, in that day you will know that I am my Father, and my Father in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he who loves me and he who loves me will love by my father be loved by my father and i will love him and man- manifest myself to him all of a sudden judas not a scared asked this question he asked this and said he said lord how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world and my father will love him and you will oh if anyone loves me he will keep, and I will come and make my home with him. For whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that is near is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you a while. I am still, I will still be with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is him talking. This is Jesus talking to us, okay? This is what he is promising us, even his disciples. The words are still true for us. If you believe in him, this is what he's doing for you. He said, peace I will leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. You heard me say you would not have rejoiced because I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. And now that I have told you and before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk of this with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but as I do as my Father has commanded, and so the world may know that I love the Father. Let us go from here. The reason why I wanted to read all of that because everything that's happening right here is he's sending us the Holy Spirit. Not right yet. We know when it's coming. Amen? We know, we know when that's coming. But my point is, he already tells Him in the forefront that he's going to send the Spirit to Him. that you're going to have a helper. I'm not leaving you alone. But guess who doesn't believe all that? You guessed it. Oh, Peter, love me some Peter, man. That dude is just raw to the bone. I'm telling you, he is the biggest bonehead I've ever seen in my life. But I promise you, this guy was solid to the core after he met the Spirit. Amen? And that's what we want to get into. So that's what I want to say. Don't live like you don't need him. Nehemiah didn't have him, and he hurt. Jesus is telling us here, you're going to get him, and you're going to live. Because he's going to help you. He's going to help you preach what I'm preaching to you now. He's going to bring all these things back to your remembrance. So you come in the joy that the Lord. And I wrote a note over here just on the side from that is don't, don't love God for what he gives. Love God for who he is. Because I hear all the time when I meet and talk to people or, or or go to visit with them and stuff. First thing I hear is, man, God's been so good, he gave me a car. Man, God's been so good, he gave me a truck. Man, God's been so good, my bank account's full. That's irrelevant to me. That's God loving you. That's what I want to know. I don't care about your car. Praise God, he's good. He's always going to give you. Does he not say in his own word, he said, for those that love me and abide in my word, I'll give you everything. Jesus wrote a whole chapter on it. Just believe in me. Seek after the things of God. Seek after the kingdom of God, and I'll, I'll give you everything you want. But seek me first, not the things. That's another sermon, another story, another day. Another day, another day. I'm getting off track. I got you, baby. I'm listening. She, she be preaching to me as much as y'all think. I seen him eyes cut over. She's like, you're getting off track, boy. That's why she insists I do notes. Because if not, we'd be here for a minute. But I want to turn over because it's just showing us step by step how we're going through it. All of a sudden, the Spirit left, no Spirit, but we're putting man's traditions back in. Now we're going to go over and see the Spirit come in. Cool? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I don't know if I told them verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, but I'm going to start reading with it. I don't know if I told them that. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and filled the entire house while they were all sitting there and divided tongues of fire and them rested to each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. As the, Spirit, as the Spirit gave utterance. I made a note of this. I don't want to throw anybody off track. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what Pastor Scott has preached on this part, but I'll tell you this right quick. Whether it's a language of a man, whether it's utterance I can't understand, I don't care. If I was standing in that place and I have stood in that place in my own life and had him in in, I didn't care. I wouldn't care if I was just sitting quiet. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I promise you when he comes in, sometimes it feels like he can't breathe. But you have the best moment ever. And could you imagine hearing 100 and something people in this room and this rushing wind coming in like that, and all of a sudden you're doing and saying things you never thought possible? Amen. Isn't that something? Isn't that something when he enters in? And we find Peter, and and like I said, I'm not going to do a big backdrop on Peter. I'd love to come one day, one Sunday. Next time I come, I'll try to do it. I love Peter. Man, we can work out our life through Peter. Just read it and follow instructions. It's all you got to do because he is the biggest mess up with words and deeds, but he is so cool. I love me some Peter. So remember, all for this, Jesus crucified, went to the tomb, rose from the grave, couldn't find him. What does Peter say? (sighs) I'm going fishing. That's what he's saying. Chapter 20, he says, I'm going fishing. So y'all go fishing. And Jesus meets him. All of a sudden, he's three times. Do you love me? Oh, yeah, Lord, I love you. Do you love me? Oh, yeah, Lord, I love you. Oh, do you love me? Man, I'm I'm loving you. They walk off. And what does he say? Peter, this is how you're going to die. Well, what about that man up there that's following us? He said, what about him? If he... Live till I come back. What's it to you? You follow me. This is Peter. Let me show you what the Holy Spirit can do to your Peter inside you. Verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted his voice, addressed them, men of Judah, all that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Give ear to my words. For These people are not drunk. As you suppose, since is a, it's the third hour of the day, this is what the utterance uttered through the prophet Joel. If you're not amazed at this, be amazed at this. He's quoting the prophet Joel. In the last day it shall be. God declares, I will pour out my spirit, my, fle- my spirit on all flesh, all sons and your daughters, shall prophesy and younger men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18, even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. They shall prophesy and I shall show wonders in the heavens above, signs uh, on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. The great magnificent day. And it shall, be, shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Do you realize what that's like? That's like us walking in to a building and somebody asks us this big, huge mathematical question and you know the answer. Where did it come from? This is the same guy that says, I'm going fishing. This is the same guy that says, I'll just whack his ear off. This is the same guy that had no clue what he was saying. He was just talking. This is the same guy that Jesus told him. He said, he said Peter, the devil's already, he already asked to sift you like wheat. This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to deny me three times. And he did. But the biggest thing to me was he can quote the prophet Joel. And through all of this, what did he do? He went proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went on and just absolutely just blowed minds for people around him, because Peter, in Acts chapter five, was out telling these things and prophesying of Jesus, and gets thrown in jail. And all of a sudden, one of the one of the uh, the Pharisees of the law, the teacher of the law, Gamaliel, he says, "Wait a minute, boys! Before we kill them, y'all go outside." He said, we've had other Jesuses come through here. Nothing like this has happened. Let's do it this way. You you do whatever, but if this dies, it's not of God. But if you hurt them or kill them, you're going to find yourself battling against God. These guys had a choice that day. I would like to think that the Holy Spirit might say, no, it's not a good idea. I would like to think that. But I also think that reasoning come to their heart that they knew enough about God that they didn't want to go against him either. So this is Peter now, whipped, beat, and went out rejoicing. Same guy, I'm going fishing. I'll whack an ear off. I don't care. I'll go to cross with you. He didn't care how much of a change he made through the Holy Spirit. Never live like we don't need him. When the spirit of truth is, there's freedom. The lead guy to give wisdom to tell us, to heal us, to give an account for us. That's what's amazing to me. He's giving me a count today. Pray, to give wisdom, to tell us what he hears from the throne room of God. We should be amazed at that every day of our life, that he hears something we will never hear until we get there. And He's given it to our hearts. That's the amazing part. Sometimes, as we go through, we need to, to break ourselves down just a little bit. Take us out of that place, and we're going to read about that in the last question of what Paul, but we need to remove ourselves and just remember how precious this Spirit truly is. If he is that precious, the Savior of the universe, the one that shed blood for us, stands and says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. There's only one forgivable sin, unforgivable sin, and that'd be with him. Isn't that amazing? He's got to be precious to each and every person. Anyway. So, moving forward into our second question is don't live like you don't, you don't see you. And I pondered about that for a little bit when it hit my mind. I was like, what do you mean don't, 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 don't? What, what do you mean don't do these things? Don't Live like he doesn't see us. How many of y'all have, have went around? You're like, hey man, that's daddy standing over there. Put it away. Okay. How many of y'all have done that? Dad never seen you. All of a sudden you're like, man, look, old boy's coming around the corner. You got yeah. Put it up. Here comes the boss. How many times have we done that? He's not seeing the physical of what you're doing, he sees your heart. And how many times have you stood somewhere and said, hey, there's the preacher. Shut up. How many times a day do I walk through that? I told him, I said, guys, I'm not Jesus. I'm just camper. I'm not going to condemn you. I'll lift you up, but I'm not going to condemn you. I can't. I said, so it's what's in your heart that he's seeing don't pretend like you can't see it and a lot of times we do we will hide ourselves in such a way into something that that's so uh twisted that we get ashamed of it and it's hard to get back make sense sometimes things get a little twisted on us and it's hard to get back to that where we need to be and inside of that I want, to, I want to go to Mark chapter 7 if you, like I say, if anybody got, I don't carry Bibles anymore. Nobody carries Bibles? Okay. We can't at our church. is too dark. I, I do too. I use my phone a lot. It's the only thing I can see. Mark chapter 7. But I love these old Bibles, man. The only reason I have a hard time reading because I highlight them and I start underlining and the next thing I know I'm crossing out words. And I'm going, he said she was. So anyway, we see here again what Jesus is doing to break down what Nehemiah and them established. Now we're going to see the the man-built stuff. So the physical part of it, the Holy Spirit, he's taking care of now. Now we're going to get into this man-made item. And the things that you can see, the things that you can touch, and the things you can feel. Okay? And this is what we want to get into. Is uh, Mark chapter seven. Um, well, let's start verse five. I'll just tell you about the first part. Reason being is because the tradition was washing of the hands. That's where we get our washing our hands today, right? Why how many times your mama say you better go wash your hands before you eat. Kind of where this come from. It's just a hygiene thing. God loves us. He don't want us to get sick. So, but anyway, they've seen these, these disciples eating with unclean hands, and they're getting on to Jesus for this. So, moving in that, in verse 5, is the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat with defiled hands. And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? That is, it's written. Now we're going to get some meat. These people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain, they they worship me, teaching the doctors and the commandments of men. Believe the commandments of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejoicing, rejecting the commandments of God in order to establish your tradition." It's tough. That would be pretty tough to hear that everything we know today, it's like somebody coming in here saying, everything you're doing is wrong. You do. Oh man, this is, we, we, do, we do four songs. We do prayer. We preach. That's pretty much the end of it. That's, that's what we do. My question was, whoever come up with that? Nobody knows. It's something that was put in by a man But I still love it. I still enjoy it. I still rejoice. I wish we could have went a little longer with the music. I felt like they was just catching a stride. I really do. And let me tell you what, if you can't worship God in complete silence, you're not worshiping. It doesn't take an instrument. It doesn't take somebody leading you into anything. You lead yourself. You just simply say, I need you. I need you in my heart. Cleanse me from my sins. Let me get in fellowship with you. That's all you have to do. Don't live like he can't see what's inside. And that's the part that hurts the most. Because I, the reason why I come up with this is we, me and my wife had a, a pastoral friend of ours, and I won't even say where, because if he ever sees it, I don't want him to think I'm down in him. I want him to come back. And when I say a couple, two, or three hundred people, preaching. He's fire. I mean, this guy can absolutely deliver the word of God. I mean, he is tough. That's what happens. Just divorced his wife, left the church, left everything, doesn't see his kids. I think they're in Denver or somewhere like that. And he's now in Shreveport. Where did that come from? It didn't come from his lips, it came from his heart. I just use that as one small example but that's all the devil needs to move you from one place to the other. And I can testify to that. I promise you, because I run from you. Can pick it up. You're all right. I got you back. I'm going to embarrass you anyway. I love you. I do. I love that guy. He is intense. But I want you to understand, he's very intense. Go ahead. Woo! <laughs> I love you. But anyway, what I'm getting at is this, is, is everybody wants to show that outward man, this is who I am. I go to freedom. I run the sound booth. I am. You're not. You're just a man. I'm going to pick it on you, Eric, just know I can mess with you. You follow what I'm getting at? That's why Jesus taught us to be humble, to be humble where the Spirit can actually perform in us the work that He needs. He will make you say some things you never even dreamed of. I'm standing in a jail with all about 30 or 40 guys around me when I was doing our prison ministry, and all of a sudden, I look at the paper that I brought that I knew I would worked two weeks, and man, I had just oh, I'd done all the back stuff and had the cool anecdotes. I mean, it was just so awesome, literally awesome. And I'll never forget, because they checked your Bible when you went in and stuff like that, and I just had two little pieces of paper stuck in my Bible, because that was my sermon. Or I was going to tell them, and it was just fire, and we were going to do this, and and I remember pulling that out, and I remember looking at it, and I'm going, couldn't read it. I could not read one word on that page. It looked like little ants scrambling. So I took my little deals and stuck them back in my Bible. And I said, fellows, let's talk about walls. To this day, I've never known what that come from. I know where it come from. But why walls? It's something he wanted to say to somebody. It's something that he wanted to present to somebody, to give them a chance to come back. And don't never mistake the things in your life that he's doing in front of you that you're doubting, that you're not seeing, that you're not believing in. And that's where it starts getting a little bit tough. That's where this faith thing starts to start kicking in just a little bit. I promise you people. I can promise you with every testimony that's inside of me, I've seen him move and I've seen him do miracles. Not to anybody but me. Amen. So don't live like he doesn't see us. So we as I want to go. Let's let's finish it out. Let's finish it out. Let's finish it out. Finish it up. Let's finish up, Mark, okay. You drop down to 14, and I know I didn't tell y'all this one, but I want to I want to read this to us real quick. In verse 14, he called the people again, and he said to them, Hear, hear me, all of you, and understand. This is Jesus speaking. There is nothing outside of a person that is going in that can defile him but the things that come out of the person is what defile him. Verse 19, since it, centers, since it enters into the heart, but the, not enter, it doesn't enter into the heart but the stomach, and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean, verse 20. And he said, what comes out of a man's heart, what, what comes out of a man's heart or comes out of a person defiles him. And from within, our heart, is. this is what Jesus said, will defile you. Let's see the first one. Ready? Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covington, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. There's your 13 things that will defile a person. If it was me, I'd write them on my refrigerator and remember them every day that I'll move. This is what my Lord and Savior said. This is what will defile me today. This is what I've got to fight against today. This is what I've got to do today. You know why? Because he can't see. I can't see him, but he can see what's inside of me. And as we keep moving and going and doing, sometimes that shame will overshadow that. Just remember, hes he can see inside of you. He can heal all things inside of you. Every one of these 13 things are forgivable. I'll never forget me being in the jail. And the one thing I couldn't stand was a child molester. I couldn't stand it. I, it just it just enraged me. And I even told my pastor at that time, I said, y'all be praying for me because I can't do this. I can't. And I remember one meeting we had. This guy, he was just in tears. He said, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, I'll never see daylight again. I won't even make my parole date. I'll never do these things. And and I'll never forget the look in his face. And I mean, man, we just cried and just hugged on him, got on our knees, prayed. And that night when I walked out, my pastor now was associate pastor then. And he said, I don't know what you was fretting about. That was the guy. I said, whoa, you're kidding me just started crying because I learned forgiveness. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like inside. He could see that I wasn't forgiving him. He could see that I wasn't letting that go. So he showed me. Don't live like he can't see us. Because he knows everything. He knew what was making me violently mad inside of a jail. When I was going in such love. But it was learning to forgive. That was a tough part. It's a hard lesson to learn. It wasn't easy. But I remember it, so now it's in me. And he sees that forgiveness. I forgive everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you want to say you are. I say you're a child of God. You show him different. I can't. I can tell you about him. I can lead you to the place. But you're the one that's got to do it. And I promise you, if you ask this spirit inside your heart, he will help you 150%. He will never let you go he won't let you fail but you've got to walk inside of that like I said he's not going to deal with your mess That you you've got the words to live by words to live by live by them don't say it, show him show him in here, show him who you are it doesn't matter what the world thing. my brother said this morning, I don't care what people think about me I care what my Lord thinks, amen that's good, I like hearing that that's good the last one we come into today, I don't know what time y'all normally get out of here. I know Scott said he's been trying to keep his message down to about 40 minutes. So, But I'm, I'm not like that. I don't care. We could stay here four hours. We could have another Ad, Advery, what's, whatever that place was up there to have Revival. If y'all want to, we can do it today. I'm hungry. I know y'all are too. don't matter. Lord said, I got food you know nothing about. Amen. But moving into this last one, this was a tough one for me. This was, is this was my hardest one to, to, to fill out. Was knowing he couldn't, he can feel you. I lived like he couldn't feel me. I run from him for 10 years. I was, a, I was literally assistant youth pastor. Went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Husband, father, doing all the things. Living what we would call the good Christian way. Right? All of it's gone. Over my stupidity. Don't think that he can't fill you up and bring you back from where you were. But better yet, why don't you let him fill it up before you get to that point? Let him fill you up before you ever reach and please. And that's why we're doing it right now at our church. We've got a man group and we meet once a month and that's what's been so important to me is to pour into these hard-headed men. A little bit of joy. These women have been fighting this church and doing things in this church for way too long, fellas. We got to step up. You ain't that busy. Your yard can be wait. It can wait a little while, right? This is more important. You never know who you're sitting by that's dying. That's tough. You never know who you're sitting with that's dying. Sitting in a room full of people, and I was dying inside, There's nothing I could do, nothing. So don't think that he can't bring you back, but better yet, let him fill you up before you get started down that road. Be a family with each other. Lean on each other. I don't even care if you don't like each other. Lean into that. You got to love each other. Amen? was kind of an add-on. But I want to kind of go this route, and I know it's going to seem a little different, and I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 7-10 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians. Because this is what I had the hardest time with as a new believer, a new Christian, is when I read this. And it was tough. Because I'm thought, I'm going to get this. And but as I started understanding more, I started being more joyful. You know, Brother James says, "All oh, counted, all joy when you come into trials, right?" But Paul, in, in verse in chapter twelve, starting in verse one, he's he's talking about uh, this man and having things of God. He's boasting and bragging and all these things. But then he comes all the way down to verse seven, and that's where I want to start right there at verse seven. He said, "So to keep me from becoming conceited." Did anybody say conceited? How many times have you been down that road? To teach me, to keep me, to hold me, to help me, to keep me from becoming conceited because of surpassing greatness of the revelation to me. A thorn, follow me up there, please. A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. So to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient to you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul saying, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For where I am weak, I am strong. Amen. Don't that sound like us? You ever had something just come up on you, just start bugging you? It's like, it's like, just just give an instance. Just say, uh, we're having meetings here at the church, you know, and and the youth are doing things. All of a sudden, all that day, you're like, everybody's, brrring, 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 you know. Boss, and all of a sudden you can't find your toes, or I can't do this, and it's just like one thing after another. I see a brother shaking his head. Praise God, that's me. But I, it gets at me a lot. The man, the devil hates me. I be doing a bunch, but I don't care. I stop in the moment, and I say, Lord, help me, help me focus, help me keep myself directed. Even my wife will call sometimes. She like, I, I just my mind's just blitzing. I can't think. We'll pray right there. Hey. Pray that the peace of the Lord be upon you, that your thoughts will line up with His, your, His will be done in your day. That's what it's about. Seek Him first. Let Him send the Spirit to you to ease that. Especially when something's going on. I quit looking at the bad things that are happening and started asking, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing to me? Something good's gonna happen. I mean, seriously. And and Paul right here is testifying to us that if it can happen to one of the strongest disciples or apostles that we, that's our apostle, that we have had a thorn to keep him from getting conceited, what was he conceited about? Because he knew the word of God. Church, I want to say this. Pray for your pastor. Pray for him. Being honest, lift him up in prayer in every minute of the day. Not every, every day, but once a day, pray for your pastor. Come together as a fellowship to pray for him. Like I say, I love Scott and I pray with him and I've, I've listened to some of his hardships and things that bother him and we pray and I pray for him on my own. But that's what it's about. That's what about getting through is Lord, send the Spirit to Scott. Send the Spirit to Scott today that he may receive peace and come back refreshed, renewed ready to preach the gospel, ready to stomp down the evil things of this world. Amen? That's what we're fighting for. Don't live like he can't do that. Don't live like your words are useless or they don't mean anything because he can feel you You know the Holy Spirit will be praying for you. And as Paul states, even inside of that, brings back to a time that 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 when Jesus washed his feet of his disciples, he taught them to be humble. He taught them to be humble while Peter was even being what? Conceited. He taught him the humbleness of that day, that moment, to get down and be humble with each other. That's a hard thing to do. Don't think he can't humble you either. That's what he just did to Paul. Like I said, if if Peter got the word that the devil was wanting to sift him like wheat, what's what's the difference between us? Not one thing. Not one thing. So don't live like he he can't can't feel you. And as we're reminded of all these things, I just I definitely want to keep this in mind of where the spirit of truth is. There is freedom keep listening, keep leaning into him, keep inviting the Holy Spirit into your marriage, your job, your, your, I can't believe it, your car. Y'all think I'm joking. I anointed my truck with oil. Not because I want not hit a deer, I want to use it for the Lord's service. That black truck's at the end of the building. It ain't never even had a flat tire on it. It's protected by the Holy Spirit, but it's used for him. I picked up, man, I picked up a hitchhiker in the back seat. He like, brother, I ain't going to hurt you. And I said, I know you're not. He said, what do you mean? I said, because I got a pistol on the seat. I'll shoot you. <laughs> I'm a different Christian. I believe. I believe. I believe in his word. I believe I ain't weak either. And I sure ain't dumb. I believe in healing power of the Lord. If he messes with me, I'm going to show him what healing looks like. Amen. I told him, I said, no. Nah. I said, I don't think you're in a good spot. He said, why is that? I said, because if you was to attack me, all I got to do is hit, head, head on to a tree, kill both of us. And he goes, I, 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 brother, I really wouldn't. I said, you're all right. Just sit back here, You're fine. That's the way it goes. I believe. I always tell my wife, and I said, I want a T-shirt with it on. I know it's funny. I'm trying to be more serious right now, but this, I got to sell this. I always tell people, I said, man, you best try Jesus, because I throw hands. I don't play I I believe him. I believe him. And I believe where I'm weak, he's very strong. And I'm I'm, I'm not that. I'm I'm very much a big teddy bear. But remember, let's get involved with the Spirit. Let's start inviting him in. Let's start giving ourselves to the Spirit. Start looking for things of the Spirit. Start reading about the Spirit. He starts at the beginning. He said the Spirit hovered over the earth amen talks about him all the way through here he's precious to us he's our helper through what the blood of christ done on the cross he gave us that right and what experience that will be and you know i i i wanted to tell this part of my testimony because it's it's tough think all these three things can't come together you're looking at it I remember sitting in a camper broke I remember moving up here broke I want to tell you why we moved I don't want to cry about it but it hurts but understand the Lord took me from one place Louisiana to Odessa, Texas. I prayed my heart out. He moved us back. We didn't have nothing. We had to totally depend upon him. He moved us to a place that we could go where family was at. We didn't have no money. I remember asking my wife, I said, I said, I said, said, Tasha, you know, would you get me something from the store? She's like, I only got a dollar. I got nothing. And I remember that. And I remember taking that Bible when she went to her uncle's house. And I said, I mean, I was just reading. I was, I was mad. But I said, Lord, I, I got to depend on you. I got to learn how. Show me written was reading songs. Then he showed me three days later, three days later, not that day, not the next day, three days later. A buddy of mine called me. He said, man, he said, come on up here. I got a trailer I need you to fix. He said, how much you charge me for it? I said, oh, a couple of hundred bucks. He said, I was thinking a couple thousand. And we. It, this is this is the truth. And that's what I said is when we le- I left out of there that day, he handed me the check. And I told him, I told my wife, I was so excited. I called her and I said, Hey, I said, let me tell you the news. She said, no, let me tell you some news. And I said, hang on. I got a phone call. I'll call you right back. And I said, I've even got some better news. I got a, I got an interview for the maintenance manager job at Gross and James in Camden, Arkansas. He said, wait a minute. I've got a UPA or a USPS meeting in Camden, Arkansas. Same day. And we moved. I didn't even have the money because I was trying to catch up on my bills. I didn't even have the money, so my buddy was talking to my wife. He loved her to death. We, we was all eating fish that night, and we were sitting down there at the camper eating fish, and all of a sudden he goes, man, hey, look, I'm going to write the check for your lot rent. And we come up here, and we moved to out here at the, the Y, I think, at the 278-79 deal. And we set up in that little camper, the only one there. And I, and I remember that. But I remember going to, um, remember the first week we were here, we had no money, no nothing. We had food. We had, we had, our people just piled us up. And anyway, when we, the first paycheck I get, I took it to eat. We went to What's Cooking. Didn't know where to go or what to do. Went to What's Cooking. Come back, and I'll never forget it. Took a, took a side road, I guess if you ever know that area. It goes out, makes a little turn, then you go up to the stop sign and take a left and go back by uh, J.D. Denton's place. Anyway, I made that turn. There was a guy sitting on the bucket on the side of the road. I heard a voice say, give him the food. Kept going. Got to the stop sign, took a left, give him the food. Uh Went to to the camper, parked, and I heard that say, give him the food. And my wife, she's like, You all right? I said, No, I need to to be alone. So I said, Lord, I I don't want to give this man this is dog food. I said, we just gonna give it to our puppies. It was scraps. He said, well, give him the $20 you got in your pocket. And I remember watching that guy walk in front of it down the road. He went to the stop sign. He took a left, and there was some little Jimmy Gold buildings there. I remember running through them buildings to catch him. I'll never forget his smell. I'll never forget what he looked like. I'll never forget what he said. I asked him, I said, man, how you doing? And he thought I was going to get on to him for coming down the road or try to run him off. He said, it's hard out here. And he had on a brown plaid suit tied together with strings. And it, it was bad. But I remember I said, I couldn't even talk. I said, I said God wants me to give you this $20. And I said, listen, you're more than welcome to come down here and eat, but there were scraps for a dog. And he's like, no, man, you're fine. He said, I believe I'll use down the road. And give me something. You know what I'm saying? I'll stop somewhere else. I appreciate you. And we talked just for a few more minutes, and man, I went back, and I mean, before I even made it, I mean, I was just gasping for air, couldn't breathe, I was crying. It was the Holy Spirit saying, you're ready to preach. We were preached in jails, streets. easy part. Y'all are easy. But we love you. We already know you. Even though we don't know you, we know you. It's the easy part. But just remember this. Don't think he can't feel you and use you. Just let him. Give him time. Obey his voice. Listen to his voice. As we close out today, I want to read something to us because it really hit me hard whenever I seen it. And like I said, it's I, I've never really told that testimony to anybody. I really had, y'all are about the first one that's ever heard it. It's tough. It's, it's, it's tough because it's my life. We went from almost 400000 dollars a year, me and her, to nothing. Isn't that amazing. It'll take you some places. But as I was listening to this song, remember? The song Fears Not My Future? So I got to sitting down and I said, Lord, what, what do you think? He said, let's do it. He said, this peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you, not, not as the world gives, but what does I give? Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. Hello, peace. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. James 1, 2, 3. Hello, joy. Finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of all his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces and evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the the day of evil. And having done all this, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of joy and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hello, strength. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained the access by faith and this grace in which we stand, which we rejoice in, hope through the glory of our God. Not only that we rejoice of our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, but endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, given to us. Hello, hope. There's a song. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. You know, I, I I tell it like this. I love Scott. I keep praying for him. I want y'all to love him back. Telling people about this place because you don't know how many people I tell about it. I can't make them go. All I can do is tell them I love y'all that much. My wife does too. As we close today, would everybody just bow their heads just for a minute? I don't want to make it awkward. Just, just, just for a minute, because sometimes as we sit inside this, we think, "Man, I just, I just, I just want to. I just can't." It's not for me. I don't even want to look up. If you just really want to touch the Holy Spirit, show God. Lift your hand. Just ease it up because nobody's looking at you. Just ease it up and tell the Lord you love him. That's all you have to do. He sees you. He hears you. He moves in you. He's working all things for your good. Even... When you don't see like it's coming don't live like you don't know him don't live like he can't see you please don't live like he can't feel you Let's Pray, Father God we love you this day we thank you for sending our Lord Jesus to us for sending the Holy Spirit all the things that he done on that cross and Father to glorify your name in this earth To lift up the name of Jesus that the Spirit would utter to us Father thank you Thank you for being the Almighty. Thank you for being the God that hears—not a God of brick and mortar or stone—that you are a God that hears us. You listen to us, Father. You answer us. Sometimes, Lord, we don't like that answer because it's no. We thank you for what you do. We thank you for the salvation that you poured out on that cross. Spirit, as the Scripture says, even from the foundations of the earth, He was slain. You knew it was coming. You've seen us. You've heard us. Fathers, we stand here today united as brothers and sisters. We glorify the name of Jesus. We lift your name high above it all. And Father, we ask the blessing upon each and every person here, every man, woman, and child, everyone that walks through these doors. Be blessed by the Spirit of the Lord. Let the Spirit be strong and mighty in this place, in this house. Be strong with Pastor Scott and Stephanie as they go forward. Help them to lead. Help them to guide. Instruct all through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father, for each and every person here this day, Lord, let us go in unity with each other, lifting up the name of Jesus, putting on the full armor of God. And Lord, may we come into your presence with rejoicing and utter gladness. Father, we thank you and we love you and we praise you in the name above all names, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.